It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I woke up today, and after seeing an article about the quarterback tiers in the NFL, eight GMs, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators all got together secretly and gave their votes. I will say this. Kirk Cousins is probably in the tier he should be, tier two. But Jalen Hurts, the disrespect of Jalen Hurts, is it? I don't understand it. We'll talk about that next, as well as the daily three coming up. That's three questions, three minutes each. we got Gabe Henderson joining us today, Vikings Insider, Vikings Entertainment Network, uh, aficionado, uh, does everything for the Vikings. You saw him recently on the NFL Network, uh, weekend together. So we got Gabe Henderson joining us. But we got to talk about these quarterbacks. Because I'm sick and tired of this, and 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 even Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, uh, I know it's no you know no order, but we'll talk about where these quarterbacks fall and where I think these teams voted from. Next on the Ron Johnson Show, Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth. Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, I, I love talking about quarterbacks. When, when they vote for these tiers, in my opinion, I feel like uh, some people just like to, I, I mean, I say this all the time, people just like to push our buttons. Today's button got pushed. We got to talk about it. Myself and Sam Ekstrom, we just want you to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to make every moment more. And this FanDuel early, the early over-unders, will make the entire season more. Why? Because one of them out there, people, is Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter is a Minnesota Viking. There is now a FanDuel. I'm putting money on it. I'm letting you know now. I'm not going to tell you exactly what and when, but I'm putting money on this. On Daniil Hunter's sacks, I'll give you the number and how many sacks I think he'll get and where you should put your money with FanDuel towards the end of the show. Just stick around for the Daily 3 for that. But again, I'm Ron Johnson, and I'm going to bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom. But Sam, we got to talk about this quarterback tier crap. So yeah. let it put it out there. You, you mentioned that uh, when we were before we started the show. Um, they went out and got 50 NFL insiders. So they had eight GMs, 10 execs, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators in a partridge and a pear tree. And when you think about this list, like just the quarterbacks and where they fall, like I said, Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, should be in tier one. There's no question. Right. Cousins, I feel like tier two fits when you look at who's around him in tier two. But here's tier one. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. You can't argue that. Tier two. Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins. You can't argue that. But then they put Justin Herbert in tier one. They put Jalen Hurts in tier two. I think you flip those two. I think if you flip those two, your list is dead spot on. 
Justin Herbert has not done anything. He's not proven he can actually win games. Um, you put him in tier two with those other quarterbacks. You put Jalen Hurts. He went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he was one of the top rushing passing quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the strongest quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL. And you guys all formulated your lips and your pencils and your text messages back to these back to these analysts that uh, you, you're their insider. And you have the audacity. You have the audacity to say Jalen Hurts is below Justin Herbert. I don't know what this is. And again, these are NFL, these are NFL coaches, but only 10. These are coordinators. They might hate Jalen Hurts for how because a lot of people don't like the Eagles anyway. Like, let's be real. People don't like the Eagles, Sam. We know that. Yeah. Uh, they don't like Nick Sirianni. They don't like his antics. How he uh, acts when he beat the coach. So, this is for this is for uh, Frank Wright. You know, <laughs> like they don't <laughs> like Nick Sirianni. They don't like the sneaking the quarterback for five yards. They don't like the push in the pile. That's why they all went and voted to get that thrown out of the game. You can no longer push the pile. So, like we we know where people feel like Justin uh, Jalen Hurts is. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this list, you go down to tier three, you got Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is too high in tier three, but you got tier, to Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, who everybody said was better than Kirk Cousins. Nobody has him up there. Geno Smith, Justin Fields, who they said was better than Kirk Cousins, but he's not up there. Ryan Tannehill and Mac Jones. So as far as, like I said, this, this list is pretty spot on. I, I will say, I, I these NFL execs, these coaches, Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and, and uh, Gardner Minshew in four, which sounds like just a bunch of young guys who haven't had a lot of time yet under center. Three seems like a bunch of mid-level guys that have a lot to prove. Two feels like proven commodities just have to like win the big game. And then one seems like, like lights out these are great quarterbacks. That's why I don't understand why Justin Herbert is in there. He's not proven to be a lights out number one I would I would have been okay if they just put Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers in tier one and then put yeah. Herbert down there with Jalen Hurts. Even that would have been okay. But the fact that you put Herbert in one and Justin uh, Jalen Hurts in two, I just don't get it. I don't get it, Sam. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so of all these QB tiers that we've looked at this summer, mm-hmm. like a lot of them are kind of put together by one person or one outlet or you're not even sure who, who did it. Yeah. I would like to give this list – more credibility because you've got a quarter of the GMs, a third of the head coaches, half the coordinators, almost like those are credible people, but that one mistake does kind of like throw me for a loop. How do you put Justin Herbert up in tier one with his resume compared to Jalen hurts resume? Now I know Jalen hurts. It's kind of been just one really good year for him. I guess he doesn't have like multiple years of doing this on his track record. I guess you could say Herbert's had the stats for what, three years now, but he has yeah. no playoff wins. Um, and he blew a big lead last year Correct. in the playoffs. And that really is my only gripe. Um, you know, I, I think that Brock Purdy could justify being in tier three after what he did last year. He didn't lose a game. Correct. Um, Russell Wilson can you imagine him being in tier three like two years ago? Look how far he's fallen. He probably right. was a tier one guy not too long ago. But other than otherwise, I think it is a good list. I just think that there's one glaring error, and that's the one that we're talking about, Ron. There's always something to get us talking. 
And uh, this is almost the perfect tears. And then they had to mess it up. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett clearly hacked his way down to tier three. So he screwed up Russell Wilson, according to Sean Payton. Um, <laughs> that's the funny thing about Sean Payton, too. If you notice his comment, he said, I have my analyst hat on, not my coach hat on. So it's not that he doesn't believe that that's true. That's the thing. He never said, right. like, I'm sorry, um, that's not true. He just said, I was being too much of an analyst and not a head coach with my tact of how I said it. And I probably should have kept it myself. So he does believe it. Like he truly believes Nathaniel Haggett did a hack job uh, on the Denver Broncos. But when you look at uh, these tiers, though, again, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott. So if I go one, two, three, four, five in the top, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So Kirk Cousins, they're saying top 12. Um, where he falls in that top 12, we can discuss that maybe on the round table taking these tiers and so let's put a top 12 together based off these tiers so stick around people friday uh for the friday football round table we're gonna we're gonna take these 12 quarterbacks and put them in tiers based off the nfl execs and see where everybody's list falls on the round table but i mean honestly first look at it i'm gonna go of course you go pat mahomes one burrow two allen three rogers four i feel like they kind of put it in order they're saying kirk cousins is 12 it's kind of where he always falls yeah like normally, I'm Sean always Watson being 11. That's that would be my gripe. Yeah, if, I would. Flip what has Deshaun Kirk... Watson done in three years? Correct. Yeah, I would flip Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Matthew Stafford, we know what he gives you. I honestly would drop Dak below just because of the interceptions. Uh, I don't know if you saw the recent video of Dak Prescott. Somebody saying he's in midseason form, uh, and he threw a, a go ball. And the receiver partly his fault. He kind of like got walled off by uh, J. Ron Curse. And so he wasn't able to make it back to the ball. And the, the safety like basically caught it like a punt. And so they said, here's Dak Prescott again, midseason form. Then he then another one he throws. And it's not his fault. The receiver dropped it. But he threw a slant. Guy was wide open. Uh, hit off his chest. Interception. And somebody just said, man, if Dak keeps making these reads, he's going to throw 42 interceptions. Because I don't know if you saw, Sam, that Dak Prescott said he will never throw that many interceptions again. He's going to throw less than 10. I don't know where FanDuel is on that. But I'm definitely if, if his if his interceptions for the season are ten, I'm just taking the over just because. Now he might become uh, Eli Manning and be scared every time and just throwing it to the ground and never make chance take chances and they're not going to the playoffs. Uh, but less than ten interceptions for Dak with that receiving core, um, I just feel like you only have C.D. Lamb and then after that, good luck. Um, yes, the guys are good, but C.D. Lamb is his only true outlet and um, yeah. I, it's just interesting to me when you look at this list. But, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins, top 12, I see it. But I also feel like, you know, Trevor Lawrence has to prove it. But we know he's, like, one of the best to come out of college. We haven't really seen his NFL ability just yet. He's done some made some great throws, had some great games, won the playoffs. Uh, but Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, I think those three you can lump in together. Like, I think those three you can lump in together and say one of them uh, is in the top 10. We're just not sure who. And then Deshaun Watson, I think you're right. He hasn't done anything. He should be 12, but he's not as bad as Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I think Jared Goff has a gripe, though. I think Jared Goff could say he should yeah. be in the top 12. Down there at 15? Um, yeah, down there at 15. I think he should be in the top 12. But, again, we know these are human beings they're asking this to. The GMs of the NFL, the coordinators and coaches are humans. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have bias towards certain people. Certain people don't like certain quarterbacks because of, like I said, I think Jalen Hurts, rubs a lot of coaches the wrong way, uh, not on his own, but because of 
uh, how the system works. Like a lot of coaches, like he, he, if he couldn't run, what could he be? Well, he throws the ball well. Like I hate when people say that. Like, oh, they're not. If they weren't fast, what would they be? Like, okay, well, they <laughs> but are. they are right. Like, well, like that's the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like my daughter actually got that a couple times where one girl said, if she wasn't fast, she wouldn't be on this team. Okay, who else is gonna steal bases? Who else is going to beat throws on simple ground balls? Her. So I, I had to teach her that. I'm like, don't, don't be, don't feel like, oh, you're just on this team because you're fast. Like that's the, that's a perfect reason to be on this team. Many a men have made the NFL because they ran a four three and they couldn't do much else. And they were just like, look, let's take a chance. This dude's fast. I mean, they put Usain Bolt in equipment with the Giants just to see a six five running a four one. What could this dude do with a football in his hands if he ever wanted to play football? Which is absolutely nothing. He sucks. I don't know if you ever saw the video saying Bodie sucks, uh, but we got to get Gabe Henderson in. He's here to join us on the Ron Johnson Hang Around Johnson segment. He's also going to stick around for the Daily Three. We're going to make this quick, though, today, people, because it's training camp day. It's U.S. Bank Stadium day as well. I'm doing my photo shoot at U.S. Bank Stadium. Excited. You guys are going to see all the promo videos for the Vikings entertainment or the uh, the, the Vikings pregame show crew. Uh, you know, you guys saw the billboard last year, U.S. Bank Stadium, if you ever went to a Vikings game. So we're going to shoot all that content today. And then also we got a preseason game we're going to do as well. We're not going to tell you which one, but you got to be there if you want to be in the commercial. So I would tell people now, show up to U.S. Bank Stadium for all these preseason games that are at home because we are shooting a shoot for one of these preseason games. Can't tell you which one because I don't want you guys to cheat and just show up just to be in the commercial uh, all football season. But they use this stuff all season. The stuff ends up on billboards. It ends up on on trains, planes, and taxi cabs. Uh, I've seen my face everywhere during the season, which is actually kind of cool to see. Uh, so excited about that shoot today. But let's get Gabe Henderson in there. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Excited for Gabe and excited for the football season at FanDuel. Ron, talking some smack about Dak Prescott. Well, you can bet against the Cowboys. You can bet under six and a half wins. I'm looking at it right now at plus 600, and you can try to cash on Dak's interceptions. You can do that and so much more at FanDuel. You can bet baseball as well. The Minnesota Twins back in action in St. Louis tonight. They are minus 118 favorites with Pablo Lopez on the mound. You can bet every baseball game, the money lines, the run lines at FanDuel. New customers can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. They can claim 10 times their initial bet in bonus bets back. Win or lose. Bet 20, get 200. Bet 10, get 100. That's the great promotion going on right now at FanDuel. That is a safe, secure, super easy to use FanDuel Sportsbook app. You get paid instantly when you cash the bet. No better place to bet baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Again, the website, fanduel.com slash locked on. Up to $200 back in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, everyone, it's time for the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Of course, I got Gabe Henderson joining me. It's a training camp day, so we got to bring Gabe Henderson on. Football is back. Vikings Entertainment Network, aficionado, uh, manager, general manager of all things, TV, football. But let's bring Gabe Henderson to the show. Uh, one of my friends now as well. Uh, Gabe and I don't just work together. Uh, we actually hang out every once in a while. Uh, we play basketball. We do some cool things together. But Gabe... Uh, first, man, you you are a father now, so you're going into this football season as a father, um, and yeah, a, yeah. a father of daughters. Uh, how is that, man? Like, how is that leaving the house and then coming home to that baby girl? 
man, it's the oh, it's like I, I just had somebody <laughs> walk in, but pretty much that's that's how it is. It's like I'm having a conversation with somebody, and then she just blurts into the conversation. It's like you know what, that conversation doesn't really matter anymore because my daughter's talking. So, um, just coming into um, fatherhood now, man, coming into year four in the league is like the best feeling, but also like one of the most challenging feelings because you don't want to leave home, right? It's just like, man, I just, like, I just saw your face and like, I just saw you smile at me. And um, it's just this level of protection that you kind of get when you see her face, see her smiling, see her light up. And uh, it's the, it's the best feeling in the world around, you know, like having, having girls, man, it, it's the best. So uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing how this season goes. She'll be at a, uh, hopefully be able to bring her down on the field. She was at practice yesterday. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited, man. It's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the most rewarding, but also the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, man. Like kids are not easy. Never gets easy. Never gets, uh, it never gets easy. Not gonna lie. So good luck. You got, you got, uh, I'm, I'm 12 years in with two girls. Uh, it, it does not get easier, but it does get funner. The older they get, the, you, you, you start to see the conversations, but you still have the worry. Uh, but talking about this football, man, there's some things we're not worried about anymore. Daniil Hunter signed $17 million guaranteed. Uh, $20 million with incentives. Uh, smart move on the Vikings part. He was only supposed to make $5 million this year. Uh, they paid him early last year, gave him the whole 72. So this would have been a $77 million, five, six-year deal. Um, now it makes it you know, right around $92 million. Guys made a lot of money, but now he has the conscience and the, the, he, it's off his shoulders to just go out there and play football. Uh, but what does that mean to the Vikings' defense to have Daniil Hunter opposite Marcus Davenport? Yeah, his presence alone – adds an extra boost to this Minnesota Vikings defense. So just saying what Daniil, uh, what his production is when he's on the field versus when he's off like that, that pretty much speaks for itself. Um, when he didn't play in 2020 and when he didn't play in 2021, uh, this wasn't a playoff team. He played all of last year and this Minnesota Vikings team. Say what you want about the defense and the stats, but he led the team in sacks and they were a playoff team. Um, I, I believe his leadership, vocal leadership is something that he wants to work on, but his physical leadership and his, you know, his how he goes about his business like that is something that you won't get in another player on this defense just right now because they haven't been here as long as him and Harrison Smith. So when you line it, Daniil Hunter up uh, next to a guy, Marcus Davenport, who has the most upside on this defense, in my opinion, that only um, causes a lot of problems for opposing offenses. I'm just hoping they both can stay healthy this year because I believe those two could be a better duo than Zadarius Smith who I believe is a phenomenal football player, but I believe they can be a better duo than Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter last year. Yeah, and, and, and Chris Carter was out there at camp, and uh, you know you see the, the, the Vikings Entertainment Network or the Vikings Socials uh, kind of punch, pu- pu- uh, posted a bunch of catches saying, you know, when, when the Hall of Famer's in the building, you got to step your game up. Justin Jefferson making one-handed catches, making yeah. uh, acrobatic, you know, jumping in the air, twirling catches. Uh, one of the catches of which I, I was going to hate, but I didn't hate. Uh, I feel like Harrison Smith would have blown him up if it was actual pads, but I'm not going to hate on that because um, they were giving Kirk Cousins a ton of credit on that throw. And I'm like, yeah. you might have got him blown up. That was two man. Uh, Harrison Smith, you can see in the video laid off of him. But when you see Justin Jefferson make these catches, man, you see Kirk Cousins trust and just put it up there for him. Uh, the one handed catches that seem very mundane to Justin Jefferson. Uh, what what does his energy bring to training camp, especially with fans out there now? Yesterday in practice, uh, it was the first padded day. 
Um, and you know, like you said, those that, those throws in two man, like those same throws yesterday, it was either getting intercepted or a lot a lot of receivers had like alligator arms, so they weren't reaching fully out because it's like I don't want to get hit. But to start practice off yesterday, Justin Jefferson ran from uh, one side of the field to the other side of the field, like pointing towards the bleachers and waving at all the fans, like literally just waving, everybody screaming. And for a guy like that who knows he's a superstar, who knows mm-hmm. that all those people are out there to see him, he gets it. So that energy not only affects the fan base and affects the, the people that are out there and all those kids, but it also affects the team. It's like, okay, our best player is getting the fans up. Our best player is feeding into this energy. So let, let, let's match that energy. Let's put on the show with him and basically raise our level of play, which will ultimately make this team better. So uh, Justin Jefferson, um, I posted a clip yesterday of uh, him doing one-on-ones with Byron Murphy. Uh, Ryan, you know, a perfect ball in the perfect route beats perfect coverage every time. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it was. And Kirk Cousins stepping his game up. Justin Jefferson, it looked like he got better this offseason. And just just knowing that alone, that's going to be scary for opposing defenses. So I, I can only imagine what this offense looks like once, you know, real games start to happen. But if it's anything um, of what we've seen thus far with Justin Jefferson's energy, this will be a top 10 offense this year. And when you look at you were on the NFL Network, congratulations to that as well. I know you uh, you. you killed it. I watched a little bit of it. Um, the weekend together, um, and and when you think back about getting weekend. back together weekend, sorry, yeah. uh, with, with the NFL Network. But uh, Bucky Brooks and uh, and and Steve Weiss were here, and you sat down with them. But what from a national perspective? Uh, what was their view on the Minnesota Vikings, knowing Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson's kind of set, T.J. Hawkinson? I mean, we know all the names and names on offense. Christian Darisaw, but then defensively, you got Daniel Hunter, you got Harrison Smith, and then after that, you're putting together a bunch of guys that haven't been out there together. Uh, so, so what was their national perspective on the Vikings? Yeah, the the, the least of their concerns is, is offense. Like, I mean, you score 30 points. That's what that's. I mean, that's pretty much what they were saying. Is like this Vikings team is going to have to score 30 points every day. I mean, every Sunday if they want to, you know, at least be competitive. This was before right. Daniel Hunter had signed that one year extension. So they were talking okay. as if. They only have a, a pass rush that hasn't a, a pass rusher who hasn't really uh, proved himself yet. And Marcus Davenport and then Daniel Hunter was not on the team, so it was like, you know, hopefully B. Flow is throwing some creative blitzes out there because uh, when when offenses figure this, you know, non Daniel Hunter defense out, like it, it's going to be, uh, I guess the score is going to be lighting up. So now that Daniel Hunter is back, uh, Bucky will be at practice this weekend. I'm going to ask him that same question I asked this weekend. I'm like, what are your thoughts on this defense? with Daniel Hunter or with or without Daniel Hunter. And I'm sure his thought process will change. Um, but at the same time, with Daniel Hunter on this defense, that conversations were, all right, with Daniel Hunter on the defense, this is a, a really good football team. Without, we don't know. Maybe they're second, maybe they're third in the NFC North. So uh, it was good being on the NFL Network, kind of, you know, represent the organization. Uh, we're back together weekend. So, I'm looking forward to more opportunities like that. But at the same time, when it gets down to nitty and gritty, you really want this team in purple to really be really good. So it, it helps when, when you're on there and you're trying to pump the team up and they actually have some kind of credibility to to kind of go w- w- with my words. So I'm excited to see what the team looks like now. And, and, and now that Kirk Cousins, like his teammates, because you can be a teammate of a guy, but you don't see the guy. Like you don't see the moments. You don't see the big hits. You don't see the cringing of the ribs. You don't see the frustration of a head coach saying, let's let him work this out himself because he's a little bit pissed off right now. 
Um, there's a lot of Kirk Cousins moments that I think a lot of people have a lot more respect for him now. Uh, a lot of people have a lot more appreciation for what he goes through when you talk about the playbook and the play calls and the verbiage and, and the jet sweep left zip motion 484 can it to you know outside left you know 383 uh you know zorro hero you know whatever and when you talk about that and, and does it feel and maybe this is miss me i'm a Kirk cousins fan of course we know that um but does it feel like the teammates now even understand Kirk a little bit more because a lot of people before just would call Kirk Cousins like plain Jane or drives a minivan or does this. But do you think Netflix gave people a lot more insight into who Kirk Cousins is as a man? Yeah. Outside of the locker room. Absolutely. Inside of the locker room, not so much. Like Kirk has showed up this way, shown up this way uh, every day for the past four years. And all those guys in the locker room know that. I mean, we Justin Jefferson or, uh, Adam Thielen, when they do press conferences and talk about Kirk, mm-hmm. they basically say, like, you know, like, Kirk is who he is. Like, he has the dad swag. He doesn't try to change that for anybody. Like, he's he's going to wear plaid shirts, khakis, and flip-flops every day if he can and basically go out there and play through a, a rib injury. So it's it, it really did give fans an insight of who he was as a person, you know, singing to his kids after a, a playoff loss. Like, man, like, who who would have thought? Like, who who would have thought? But – um, when, when you see Kirk around the building, you, he he he's that he, he's that same guy. So, um, I, I guess what people were saying, like he's like America's darling this year. Like he he stole <laughs> America's heart. So um, now now that now that he is you know, I guess taking the world by notice, he was ranked 42, 42nd best player overall in the NFL yep. top one hundred. So he's starting to get his respect. It's just more sort of capitalizing on that now. So uh, yeah, I'm glad the world got to see that. Yeah, and so Kirk Cousins, like you said, that's that's voted by uh, peers, and that's voted, you know, like that's that that holds a lot of weight. So when you think about Kirk Cousins uh, being voted, because because Patrick Mahomes said that who's the most underrated guy in the league, and he said Kirk Cousins as far as quarterbacks go, and now Kirk Cousins is in the top fifty players. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you see a lot of the NFL execs; he's in tier two on everybody's list now. Because even before Netflix, people had him in tier three. Like there was one mm-hmm. publication. Uh, that we talked about on the Ron Johnson show that had Kirk Cousins three and they had the audacity to have Justin Fields in two. And now since the, since training camp has started, since the conversation of Justin Fields has to figure it out, since the talk of Kirk Cousins and Netflix and Justin Jefferson, look at these throws. Kirk Cousins now has solidified himself as a top 12 quarterback. He's the 42nd best player in the league. Um, do, Do you think that people now well, like the and maybe the stigma's still going to be there because the season hasn't started yet. Prime time, we know it's coming. The Eagles is coming on Thursday night football. But do you think that people will start to now give Kirk the the, the benefit of the doubt in every situation, or do you think that dark cloud of like Kirk Cousins can't win the big one will still hang over his head? I, I think it'll that dark cloud will still hang over his head um, until until he proves people wrong. Like, I mean, it, it's great to rank top fifty, but still, it's like. We're ranking you top fifty just based off of your natural abilities. Yeah. Um, you took a team, a third a team to the playoffs with thirteen wins. So, man, you you did something really good last year, but still, you can't win those big games. And I think that's still going to um, be that, I guess, that theme for Kirk Cousins until he proves super wrong. And he had a great opportunity to do so. He has um, offensive, the same offensive coordinator for the for the second year straight, the first time in his career. Like, that's never happened. He has the same starting offensive line 
he has the same two receivers like he had the same, like pretty much the same offense since Adam Thielen, but you get Jordan Addison, who was a Boletnikoff winner a few years ago, best wide receiver, best wide receiver in college football. So all 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 the chips stack in his favor. It's just more so of going out there and proving everybody wrong. Like I don't I don't think there's any excuse for him not to go out there and be dominant this year. It's the contract year for him. Like he he's not on the the Vikings roster next year uh, as of right now. So yeah, go out there and prove people wrong. But still, un- until you do so, yeah, he he can't win those big games, and everybody's going to continue to say that. And last one before we get to the daily three, that's three questions. We're going to take about a minute each, me and Gabe. We're going to answer some questions quick. Uh, but before we get to the daily three, one quick one. Saquon Barkley did not want the $10.1 million guaranteed franchise tag, which means he could do anything he wanted, he would have got it. He then signs an $11 million deal. $900,000 is a ton of money. So I'm not going to ever make $900,000 not sound like a lot of money. $900,000, I would play for just $900,000. So it's a ton of money. And so when, when you think about shoot, I'd pay for 500000 Uh, But when you think about the Saquon Barkley deal with running backs, the Zoom call the running backs have, and then after Saquon Barkley signs, absolute chaos happens. Jim Irsay says, if me and Jonathan Taylor die, nobody's going to miss it. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like you just killed your running back to make a point? Like He's like, my legacy is going to stand as the owner of the coach. Nobody's going to remember Jonathan Taylor. I'm like, bruh, you did not have to kill yeah. him to get your point across like this is the same owner they got caught with like cocaine and 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 money Mm -hmm. from an atm like what are you doing and then you see dalvin cook you know the rumors come out he the vikings offered him seven million that wasn't enough i feel like that was leaked so that other teams knew like dalvin wants more but then what if dalvin cook goes out and signs for like 7.5 or 8 million dollars do you think a lot of these running backs feel like their value is higher than it is? Or do you think teams just see what the what the Chiefs have been doing without a top running back? And they're like, look, this is the way to a Super Bowl. We don't need to pay a running back who may or may not make it the entire season. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that last point that you said is why pay a guy that kind of money who is – you know, one of the most injury-prone positions. I mean, yeah. players like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, just those two names stand out to me that kind of got those big paydays and then just kind of dwindled as yeah. years went on. So it's like, why pay uh, a player, you know, top top money if, you know, he's not going to be available in two or three years? But, you know, you only get paid based off of what you've done. So I get these running backs, you know, uh, as frustrations. It's like, is what i've done this is what i believe i earned because of what i've done like don't don't pay me before what you think i can and can't do it's more so like pay me my market value now so yeah i I feel bad for for those guys i I don't know what a solution is maybe um a running back gets top dollar and then he i guess runs for 1200 1500 yards every year without getting injured maybe that's the maybe that's the solution but until then and this is pretty much the the state of the league. If I'm a running back, man, I'm I'm probably trying to move my position to like linebacker or something. He's probably gonna get more money than I will once my rookie year contract, once my rookie deal is over with. So, yeah, it, it's it's kind of the state of the league. Like it, it is what it is. I, I don't like Ryan. I be honest with you, I really don't know what, what what a solution is in this case because both sides have a valid argument. So. Um, hopefully it gets solved soon. I'm sure Dalvin Cook could get picked up soon. But if the Vikings were offering Dalvin Cook $7 million for one year, they got him in uh, Alexander Madison. They offered him $7 million for two years, and he signed. So right. it kind of is what it is at this point. 
Yeah, and so it's going to get better – or sorry, it's going to get worse before it gets better for these running backs, and then it's also going to come down to linebackers because once the running back kind of gets pushed out, what type of linebacker do you want? You don't need Andy Katzenmoyers anymore if you're not running lead zone. That's what C.J. Ham said. He said, we're not going to run lead. Why would I be – I mean, if you notice, C.J. Ham has gotten leaner, he's stronger, yeah. he's faster. He's like, look, I got to run outside zone. So I'm blocking outside linebackers. I'm blocking safeties and cornerbacks in the hole. I'm not running lead 20 times a game like we used to. I might run it once or twice. I don't need to be super heavy and big. And, you know, like, and look at Hughes check, you know, with the 49ers, same thing. He looks like a tight end now. He doesn't look like a fullback anymore. A lot of these, uh, quote unquote, bigger fullbacks, um, you know, they, they don't have what they used to have. And so it's it's very interesting. But we got to get to the daily three. That's three questions. We're both going to take about a minute each so we can get out of here quick. Um, but before we do that, people, I want you to know, Sirius XM is a proud, proud, proud partner with Locked On Sports. Uh, just make sure you visit SXM in the app market. When you go download the app, you can get all the Twins games. You can get Locked On Sports Minnesota as well. Just download Locked On Sports Minnesota on the Sirius XM app. And remember, the Twins are playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Tonight at 6.45 p.m., you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with the SXM app. Just search Twins. Well, now it's time for the Daily 3. We're going to bring Sam Extraman to the show. And you guys know that's three questions, three minutes each. It's part of the show I love. It's fast-paced. It's fun. We're going to give Gabe about a minute, and I'm going to pick it up where he left off. I'll probably take 30 seconds. But take it away, Sam. All right, Gabe. Let's kick it off with this. One of the big winners of the first week of training camp, Juwan Williams. No one really batted an eye when he got signed, but here he is. He's been the starter for most of camp uh, with that cornerback group. So, Gabe, with Jawan Williams in the mix, how do you feel about the cornerback depth? I, I like it. Why not start a, a veteran cornerback who's played some valuable football for arguably the best coach in NFL history and Bill Belichick? We know uh, Jawan Williams, he got drafted in the second round a few years back, and injuries kind of derailed his career, but when he was playing – he had some valuable reps. So um, you bring that valuable, you know, veteran leadership here. Hopefully those young guys, the Andrew Boots of the world, um, a Caleb Evans is starting on the other side, but Makai Blackman's of the world. Hopefully those guys can learn from him. And then when it's their opportunity, now they can finally rise their game up to the level of play. So I'm a fan of it until, I mean, it's, I feel like it's his, it's Jawan Williams job to lose. So um, I understand what Brian Flores is doing and, why not start uh, Caleb Evans, Byron Murphy, and then Jerome Williams like that, that? That makes sense to me. Yeah, when you think about Byron Murphy being able to travel, Ryan Clark, friend of the show, uh, he he mentioned when he when he, he and I talked uh, that Byron Murphy is a traveling cornerback. For those who don't know what that means, he can go anywhere. He can take a guy across the field. He can go in the slot. He can move. If you motion, he doesn't feel out of place. Um, <clears throat> and so what I like about uh, Jawan Williams at 6'3", 212 pounds, you got a Caleb Evans at 6'2". I mean, these are some long, tall – you guys know we have Mel Blunt, uh, Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steeler, my godfather on the show, Uncle Mel, and he talked about that. He said the difference in a lot of cornerbacks is that when you have a guy which was male size at 6'4", he's like, you forget about the arm length. I can create space. Jawan Williams, and I'm talking to Mel Blunt, Jawan Williams can create space with his arm length jab and still have about a yard between him and the receiver so he has a chance to make up a guy like byron murphy has to be a little bit quicker quicker twitch um so i do like the joel williams addition to that defense i think if brian flores is playing a lot of two man to get after the quarterback why not have a guy that can jam knowing i have safety help and if i'm beat by a yard my arm length i said the same thing about a caleb evans that arm length if they're beat by a yard they're not actually beat watch 
Garrett Wilson versus Sauce Gardner. He has him beat, knocks the ball down. He's beat by a yard, but he still knocks the ball down because his arms are so long. That's what long, tall, skinny cornerbacks give you, and that's why I think Brian Flores, so far, he's given the job to him. Uh, what you got next, Sam? Yeah, next up in the Daily 3, Gabe, uh, you got four primary running backs, I'd say. You got Madison, you got Wong Wu, you got Chandler, you got McBride. Uh, what do you think the running back depth chart looks like right now? And I guess what would your ideal running back depth chart be? Yeah, as of right now, it's, it's probably, well, Madison is number one, but 2A to B, who I believe is the number one, number one talking point right now, is who takes that second, I guess that backup running back uh, role. And it's between Kane Wong Wu and Ty Chandler. Uh, Wayne McBride, he's going to find his pockets to get in. But he's kind of that, you know, I would say emergency running back, but kind of, you know, that guy that you put in if somebody goes down or two guys goes down. And I believe he can rise to the occasion. But um, that's probably, I would probably go Ty Chandler as my backup. You know, I was coaching. Um, that's no knock to Kane Wong Wu. I believe he's a really good player. I mean, hopefully kickoffs are still a thing this year and he can return return one yeah. to, to the to the house but but still um i'm interested to see which running back kind of uh I guess adds on to what dalvin cook was able to do yeah dalvin cook you know had two positive runs and then a negative run last year but those two positive runs that he had he was making plays and that's one thing that's the biggest question mark about alexander madison yeah he's healthy he can run for he's gonna get that extra yard but can he make a play out of nothing can he juke two or three defenders break a couple of tackles and turn what's supposed to be a three-yard gain into a 30 game. That's what Dalvin Cook could do for you. So uh, Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, Kanae and then Dwayne McBride, that's probably my four in that order. Oh, uh, yeah, kids, not, not much I can add to that. This is what I will say, though. Uh, I agree with the kickoff. I think the kickoff is going to determine where Kane ends up. It, it, it sucks to mm-hmm. say it that way, but I think as a special teams coach, because I've been in that coaching room, I've watched them move that magnetic. I don't even know if they use a magnetic board anymore. They might have a new technology, uh, but the magnetic board of names. And, and for those that don't know, right. it's, it probably is. It's probably super nice and sexy and has the, you know, the, the whiteboard that, co- that uh, schools use now for kids is all digital. Uh, but we had actual magnets. And so we had the receive, we had the offensive guys and we had the defensive guys. And as a receivers coach, I went in with my receivers, the head receivers coach, and I was under uh, uh, Clyde Christensen. And we knew we had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. From there, we had to look at who's wide receiver three. We put them in there. From there, we don't touch it. We let the special teams coach say, here's my special teams receivers. And so I think the same thing is going to come down to these running backs. Uh, Where do you fit in the special teams run? As a receivers coach, is my receiver the kick returner and not your running back? C.J. Ham, actually, so if I were to do it, if we're not thinking Kene Wangu is going to be needed for kickoff because you might have Brandon Powell back there, you're going to have – here's what a three would be. You're going to have uh, Madison, Chandler, and then C.J. Ham will actually play running back. And I think that might end up being your three going into game day because if you know you're going to have 12 personnel and go more two tight ends because you bought in a big tight end from the Ravens, uh, you know T.J. Hawkinson, you want him in the game at all times. Uh, you know you want Justin Jefferson and in, 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 uh, one of the receivers. Could be uh, Jordan Addison. So I think it might come down to, to actually C.J. Ham showing he can play true running back. So it'll be interesting to see what they do because if they don't need him at kick return, I think Kane is going to be that 53. Like, what do we do? Like, how do we get to 49 on game day? That might be the one that, that ends up saying we don't need a kick returner today. So what's, what's the last one, Sam? 
All right. I got some FanDuel action here for Daniil Hunter. I got two potential Daniil Hunter bets. Tell me what you're going to take. Um, and Gabe, you can't bet. We know that. This is just for fun. This is just theoretical. Uh, Daniil Hunter, 10 or more sacks on the season. It's about even money. Or Daniil Hunter, 30 to 1 to be the sack leader Ooh. in all of the NFL. 30 to 1. What would you do? Uh, I will go 10 or more sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe, and this is, I know this kind of, kind of sounds crazy, but I believe right now our DB room is better than the way it was. It's better than what it was last year at this point. So when your DBs are better, that gives your pass rush a little bit more time to get to the quarterback. And Neil, he only needs an extra half second. I mean, he, him and Zedaria has led the league in quarterback hurry. So clearly they were a half second late. So, I'm I'm taking I, I can see Danilo getting 12 and a half sacks this year uh, or or 13 sacks just just because of the the elevated level of play from our secondary unit. So I, I'm taking that. I probably would say he lead the NFL in sacks. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Brian Flores has ever had a pass rusher lead the NFL in sacks. I don't I don't know if it's like his forte since he blitzes so much. The guys are, are are coming from so many different angles, but. Danil is going to be rushing quarterback every single play. So, yeah, he, he's getting more than 10 and a half. I'm going to say 10 and a half, yes, more. He's going to get more than 10. So, he's going to 10 and a half, 11, 12, maybe. Um, I'm not going to say sack leader. The 30 to 1, though, I still might put a $5 bet on that. I mean, come on now. Uh, it's worth it. Uh, he might have a ridiculous, like, he knows he wants a payday and he goes for 20 sacks. But here's the problem with that 30 to 1. You got Nick Bosa. You got Hassan Reddick. You got Miles Garrett, who now – has the Darius on the other side. So I think that's going to be very tough with those three still up there. Nick Bosa and the 49ers are still really good. We know the Eagles are pissed off. Uh, So Hassan Reddick, you know, and he's just figuring it out too. Hassan Reddick is young. He's just figuring it out like, oh, okay, this is how I, this is how I've been that corner. And then of course, Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett, he's just, you know, he looks like he's in stupid shape. He did NBA. uh, He went to the NBA summer league and actually warmed up and played a little bit. Like the guy's a freak athlete. So, when I look at those three, I, I'd say in order to be the sack leader this year, I think somebody has to hit 19 sacks. 18 to 19 sacks would be the sack leader, and I don't know, and I agree with Gabe on that. I don't know if Flores just lets one guy go. Um, I think he's going to have a bevy of uh, sack packages and blitz packages and pressure packages, um, like when we had uh, Coach Chris Rump on. It's, it's controlled chaos. You might not understand who's coming, who's coming when, but we understand it, and it's just to confuse the quarterback. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if Daniel Hunter is going to be the guy every single time. Uh, but I do like Marcus Davenport, how he looks already. He looks imposing. He looks scary. He looks like the number zero Monstar. I couldn't figure out what he reminded me of. <laughs> but I, I watched – I saw, like, a clip of Monstars on Twitter, and the dude that wore zero, I'm like, oh, that's definitely Marcus Davenport. Like, standing up over a center, that's very scary. But – I think that we both are right on that. I think he's going to get over 10 sacks, but a uh, sack leader, I don't know. That's going to be tough. Marcus but I'm right. Davenport. Marcus Davenport's 100 to 1, by the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> From half a sack Not to a sack all. leader. <laughs> oh, hey, the, the Brian Flores effect. 100 to 1, no. I mean, five <laughs> bucks gives me 500 bucks. So why not? Like, who knows? Like, <laughs> all of a sudden, Daniil Hunter's getting triple teamed, and, and Davenport's just by himself <laughs> over there all season long. <laughs> Hey, pays out 500 bucks if it happens, but it won't happen. We all know that, people. Don't waste your money on that. But I will say, people, FanDuel, you guys, I told you I'd pay off that bet, uh, pay off the tees. Please 
put 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 money on the over. Daniel Hunter will get more than ten sacks. Trust me, that is the lock for Locked On Sports. Uh, go to FanDuel, bet the over on Daniel Hunter right now before because as, as the season, the preseason goes, that number is going to go up because the more people that bet on the over on the ten, they're going to move that number up. So get it while it's at ten. Just like I got the uh, Nuggets before it went up. I got them at five and a half to beat the Lakers, and they won by six. So get it before it goes up, people, early on. That's the best time. Super Bowl, too. Those Super Bowl contenders. We saw somebody last year hit the nail on the head and got paid a ton of money, like $87,000 on like a $5 bet by figuring out what two teams would make the Super Bowl and who would win. So don't forget to do that one as well. It's only five bucks. It might get you 87 grand if it hits. So feel free to do it. But again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Gabe Henderson. That's Sam Extra. Make sure YouTube. We thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Amazon Fire and Roku, you can get our show there as well. And then, of course, wherever you get your podcast, please download, like, and subscribe, and communicate with us. We love to communicate on Twitter and Instagram every time we load a video. But I want you guys to have a great day and enjoy some football if you're going out there. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.